The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Coming up, the latest on the Kansas City Royals from our team here at KCSN. All of our Royals content is brought to you by KC Strength and Conditioning, experts in baseball and softball training for kids ages 8 to 18. If you're in need, you're in luck. John and his crew have sent hundreds of players to college and the pros. That's KC Strength and Conditioning. And now, it's time for the latest updates on your Kansas City Royals. What's up, y'all? This is One Royal Way here on Kansas City Sports Network. I'm Joel Penfield, Jordan Foote, Josh Kaiser. Joining me as always, second episode of the week. If you're watching on YouTube, which you should subscribe to as well, and you see us wearing the exact same thing, because we're we're recording these back-to-back, so don't be too alarmed. We do leave our houses. Um, This episode's all about the MLB draft that just took place. We're going to talk about uh, a lot of the Royals picks, mainly the top guys and where they fit in. But, gentlemen, how are we feeling? I feel like this is going to get nasty. Good chance. Good chance. I feel fine. I, I'm the same <laughs> as, and like the peak behind the curtain, we recorded the first podcast like 10 minutes before this one. So I feel the same, but um, it's going to be a very introspective, reflective, forecast centric podcast. Like all those things all at once. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that probably and then some. So <laughs> and then some. Let's so, do it. Just we'll we'll go with some just intro overall thoughts on the first seven picks, and then we'll get into the Royals and on down the line. Mine is Paul Skeen's going number one. Um, it was kind of a weird like the a couple of days leading up to the draft were weird because you were hearing like it could be Langford, it could be Cruz, it could be Skeen's. Like there was really no no one really knew. I by like early on Sunday, you could you kind of could tell the Cruz it wasn't going to be Cruz. It was probably going to be Langford. And they come out and they get Paul Skeens, who is best prospect we've seen as a pitcher, college pitcher since Steven Strasburg, uh, Garrett Cole, like that that type. Um, the question for me is like, how soon is he going to be in the big leagues? And I I would not like I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he's on the opening day roster like next year. I, I firmly believe you could plop him at AAA right now and he would get dudes out like with no problem. It's it's stuff that is, I mean, it's an 80 fastball, it's 70 slider. The changeup is a 50 and it's still ridiculously good. Like he is as polished of a pitcher as I've seen at the college level ever. Um, I mean, it, it's as about as safe 
like surefire thing. I know we we always talk about there's no such thing as a pitching prospect. There are some dudes that break the mold, and Paul Skeens is one of them. He would produce better results the rest of the season than at least one guy on the Royals staff, right? Most. Like, um, he would, I, I was just, hey, I was just going to be a nice I'm guy not and say exaggerating. one. <laughs> Dude, I'm not exaggerating. He would be the best pitcher on the Royals by a country mile right now. He'd be pretty darn uh, solid if he parted to refute that. And I just keep going back to this point. Like, what a kick in the balls to get absolutely screwed by the lottery when the team was awful in this draft class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yep. Jordan, what you got? Um, I think Max Clark at number three um, committed to Vandy, obviously going to be signing with Detroit. It's not like up in the air or anything. Um, makes hard contact, should translate the gap power to more home run power. I think he weighs like 190, 195. So he has a little bit of room to maybe get up to like 200, 205 pounds. Um, elite speed and range, really good arm in the outfield. I just didn't think he'd go third. I don't really know where I had him. I think really six, seven like later in the top five to 10 instead of the the upper half. And then Jacob Wilson, number six um, out of Grand Canyon. He's just a really good hitter, man. His bats of ball skills are fantastic. He never strikes out. He can draw a walk. The rest of his game doesn't really jump off the page. To me, he's not a fantastic base runner. I'm not an elite defender, I don't think. But he should be able to stick in the infield, play the hot corner potentially, hit really well. If he grows into some power, I think that's a really good pick by the athletics. I think it's a, I hate saying high floor and I'll probably do it again over the course of this show, but I think a relatively high floor pick. And I said right before we recorded, there's no such thing as a guaranteed player. Um, But for a team, like it was a pick that I would expect a team like the Royals to make where you're like, oh, we, we just need this single here. We need to get on base. And they didn't go for a home run. I think that's pretty much okay. I'll put it this way with Jacob Wilson. Like, if I had to pick, I heard this on a podcast uh, after the first round. If I had to pick five guys out of the first round to make the big leagues, he's probably number one or two. Yeah. Did I call him Jacob yeah. Gonzalez on accident? No, I might have done that. No, okay. 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 I was going to say, I, I met Jacob but Wilson like, if I did. Here's the problem you drafted Nicky Lopez in the first round. He just doesn't have a ton else besides getting on base. There's, and he's yeah. a bigger frame, at least. Yeah. So there might be yeah. some more potential. There was, there was not some. almost no power to speak of with mm-hmm. metal bats, which tells me there's not going to be any power to speak of with yep. with wood bat. I mean, it's a safe pick, but I mean, there's a difference between safe and whatever they did. But it's the A's. Of course, they were going to. We all knew they were going <laughs> to under slot one six. It was just a matter of who yeah. they were going to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's that nothing drives me nuts, especially this about the Royals moose left is having a hot corner that doesn't produce power. I, I don't know why that irks me so bad, but that seems like what kind of what you're, you're potentially signing up for the, uh, with him. But I mean, it is what it is. Uh, it's time to put away this nonsense. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of why we're here, boys. 108 Blake Mitchell. Let's talk about it. The Royals don't care about your history, boys. They just do not care. Their nuts are out on the table. They're making that pick. They're making it with conviction, and it's polarizing, and it's super risky. Let's talk about it. Yeah, Royals take Blake Mitchell, catcher, prep catcher out of Sinton, Texas. 
Here's the, the pipeline profile, 55 hit, 55 power, 35 runs, 70 arm, 50 field, they have a 55 overall, maybe had him 14th on their composite board. So here's the thing. I think there's a talented player. Like, I think the Royals drafted a, a guy with some their tools to dream on. I think there is legit power in the bat. He is, by all accounts, a solid catcher defensively at this level, handling the staff, and a plus-plus arm. That's all well and good. Here are the statistics against drafting prep catchers. This is from Royals Weekly. Out of the 350 top 10 picks in the last 35 years, five have been high school catchers. Man for Max Reaper, 2010 to 2019, 14 high school catchers went in round one. Five of them reached the major league level. Bo Naylor and Tyler Stevenson were the best, and Bo Naylor just got up after about five years in the minors, and Tyler Stevenson has done almost nothing in the big leagues. Yeah. 14 college catchers, conversely, in that same time frame, went round one and 12 reached majors. I believe I saw the stat, and I wish I could give credit to who, who had the tweet, but there have been, like, oh, there, there's only been one other catcher, like, in the last, I think, 20 years, at least. Okay, never mind, I, I said it wrong. If Blake Mitchell makes the big leagues and he gets a singular hit at any point in his career, he'll be the first round one prep catcher to do it since Joe freaking Mauer. This is so risky and so volatile. I mean, the the only thing I can say is it better effing work. It's... They are, for better or worse, like Josh said, putting the cojones on the table. The team is clearly trusting the people in charge. And you should have seen, and I guess you guys did see, uh, J.J. Piccolo and Danny Adeveros on the post-draft night one press call on Zoom. They were, Danny specifically, he was thrilled. He was super excited. Like, the Royals, clearly, it wasn't like, okay, well, our guy's off the board, like, oh, Skeens is our guy, and he's off the board, like something expected. We're like, oh, darn, or even a guy that they maybe had Jacob Wilson hire, and they said, okay, I guess we'll settle for this. It didn't seem like that. They legitimately seemed like they love Blake Mitchell, and you can point to a Kyle Teal, who was on the board. Like, you look at the guys that were there, Chase Dollander was there, Noble Meyer was there, Tommy Troy was there, Matt Shaw was there, Kyle Teal, Jacob Gonzalez, Enrique Bradfield Jr., uh, Arjun Namala, Hurston Waldrop, Colin Houck, like they could have went very different ways. They could have went with a pitcher, a different infielder, an outfielder. They had a ton of options, um, a ton of options to choose from. And they didn't. They went with the guy that they clearly liked a ton and said to hell with the precedent, to hell with the stigma. It doesn't matter. And and Danny used the word stigma when he was in that post-draft uh, presser. It's going to define this regime with J.J. Piccolo calling the shots and Lonnie Goldberg still being around and Danny being the scouting director. Entirely huge risk. You could argue it was unnecessary. Impossible to tell how the pick's going to turn out right now, but you don't have to look very far to see the the world where it likely isn't going to. And I think that's the, I think that's the thing. Like, there is a window where Blade, they found a, like a, a gem, so to speak, even though he was a you know consensus like going to be a top 15 to 20 pick. 
But like they found their guy and they just went for it and got him. And it works. And he comes to the big leagues and he is the successor of Salvador Perez and everything's well and good. We could have that conversation five, six years from now. And that, but there's also a very similar path and a more likely path of Blake Mitchell still sitting in double A in 2027. And we don't know if he's even going to make it to the big leagues. Like the Royals are threaded, trying to thread a very fine needle here. And they decided in a year where you needed, like, no pun intended, to hit a home run with this pick. And you needed to get somebody that you know is going to be a part of your big league future soon. Not even soon, but just, in like, you know is going to make a massive impact at the big league level. And you decided to take the most volatile, like, demographic of a draftable prospect with your first pick. So, like I said, it, it needs to work. It has to work. It has to work soon. The thing about it is, like, the history and the stigma, none of that has to do with Blake Mitchell. It doesn't. No, it, it's just I, I it's just a narrative. It's just a it's just a thing that we're talking about because it sent waves throughout the whole draft community. It is it is a thing. Like, it, I'm not denying that whatsoever. But Blake Mitchell is his own guy. He makes his own created creates his own destiny here. It all depends and rests on how he does it. And it also happens to do with this development team. If they think that there's something to work with there, then they're going to go. They're going to go do it with conviction. They're yeah. going to they they're being aware of the stigma, aware of the history, and still being like, "Nah, this is the guy." He's got in that presser. He was talking about a left-handed hitting catcher with power that can. He, they kept saying leadership, and that's I mean intangibles, whatever you want to call it. But they are you know, convinced that he is a leader that can hit from power from the left side of the plate, and he is a catcher. So they think so much that they are going to, that they found the diamond. They, they It sounded like he was at least top top five on their draft board. They said multiple times that they were surprised that he was still there at eight. So maybe that's just lip service, but it just seems like the way they were talking about it, that he was their guy from the beginning. They'd gone to see him multiple times. JJ only saw like 12 players apparently, and and he was one of them, and he was very impressed with them as well. So it's them, the, the guys who are, it's their job to go find these guys. They say that he's got it. And we got a bunch of sites and a bunch of people like us that are saying, what a dumb pick. Like, they have watched more baseball. They've watched more Blake Mitchell than anybody who had him ranked lower than 108. I'm not trying to lick boots. I'm not trying to be part of state media or be a, a sunshine pup or Homer guy here. But it's a fact that that is their job. They are in a position to make that call. They made that call with conviction and confidence. They came out and defended the pick despite knowing the stigma and the history about it. And they still made the pick. And it sure sounds like it's going to be pretty darn close to slot value. <laughs> so I know that's going to drive a ton of people nuts. Uh, but but here's the thing about that too. They've already gone. They've already zagged when everybody else zigged. They've already started going upstream against the everybody else who talks about Blake Mitchell. So what does it matter if the slot value is the, is what it is? It, it doesn't at this point. There, if you're mad about the, all this, the slot value should not matter to anybody. I, I hope that what I was saying earlier in my criticism of the pick is not construed as any sort of criticism about Blake Mitchell, the player. It's yeah, nothing to yeah. do with that. It is all about the process and the the precedent that is you know has been set when it comes to drafting high school, uh, drafting high school catchers. It's just it is tricky and it is very like the Royals are trying to thread a very fine needle, huh. and 
I have my doubts. I want, obviously I want it to work. I'm not so masochistic that I hope it fails so that I can be proven right. Like, it's not that. It's just there is a lot working against both Blake Mitchell and the Royals in this sense. So we'll we'll see. Um, very quickly, I'm just curious where you guys would have Blake Mitchell in the rankings. Let's, so seven for me, I think. Yeah, I'd probably have him seven because I think Zerpa's coming off here soon. I, I'd have him above Jensen at this point. Yeah. But who do you have? Who do you have ahead of him at that then? So, just this is I'm just going off the pipeline rankings. I haven't mm-hmm. done my own, but it goes Cross, Kuderna, Lofton, Wallace, Mazzucato, Gentry, Zerpa, Jensen, Boland, Beckway. That's top ten. That's obviously going to change here soon. Yeah, I'd say like somewhere like seven or eight, which drafting an eighth overall pick. And he's not even a top five prospect in your system. Tricky. That gets really I, I, I've got a five behind Mazzucato, Vaz, Lofton, and Cross. Okay. I'll come up with down rankings at some point. But yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of arbitrary and relative and yeah. subjective and whatever. But yeah, I, I still think he's a top five guy, but maybe that's rose colored glasses. Fair enough. We're going to talk about the picks, uh, the next two picks of Blake Walters and Carson Rockfort coming up right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. 
hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Thanks for hanging out with us. So in the second round, after taking a very volatile prep catcher, the Royals decided to double down on that and go with the second most volatile demographic <laughs> that you can draft and taking a prep right-handed pitcher, Blake Walters from Seymour, Illinois. He's an Arizona commit. 6'4", 210, uh, fastball currently sits in the mid-90s, uh, has been up to 98, it looks like, uh, just for the pipeline grade, 65 slider, or 65 fastball, 55 slider, 45 changeup, 50 control for a 50 overall, and that's just at present. Future value can obviously change. What I like is they're, I mean, they're truly betting on traits here with a big fastball, a good field to spin. A guy kind of manipulates his breaking ball a couple different ways. Uh, the changeup is something that he has to develop, but he's 18 years old. There's time for that. It kind of goes back again, similar to the Mitchell pick of just, it gets tricky when you are betting on this type of thing when, and you're put, you're pushing all of your chips to the middle of the table with scouting and development. And you and this has to, again, it's very similar to, to Blake Mitchell. This has to work. Like you have to get something out of Blake Walters. And, Again, it just gets tricky with preparities. Now, Kuderna, Panzini, uh, Kuderna for sure, like looks like he's going to hit, possibly. At least the early returns are good, so at least have something. So you're betting heavily on your revamped pitching development to to work with this kid and make him work. Yeah, and I like the peripherals. Uh, just the, the 6'4", 210, he's got the frame. Like, you don't see that many prep righties come out with that that big of a frame at 18, 19 years old. So I think that's good, and that that new that be that upper nineties velo is apparently new this last spring. So also very uh, a very intriguing there. But Joel, I think you you talked about it on the um, the Royals weekly stream that it looked like he had that good slur or good slider, but he's also got a slower slurve. So if he's got two shapes to that slider, I'm also really intrigued by that. But um, Jordan, I think you're probably going to hit it. Um, when you make your points about the comps that Altabaros made, which also got me pretty excited. Um, I actually forgot <laughs> the comps that he made, but Matt Kane. Matt oh Kane. yeah, Matt Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. I, I tweeted that. I'm a yeah. fraud. Um, bad, <laughs> bad memory, but I do remember he was a basketball player for a few years. Like yeah. the Royals, Altabaros really hammered home because it was just him on uh, Monday and then just him on Tuesday. And really he spoke for the majority of Sunday night too. athleticism was something the Royals really, really honed in on. And, like, obviously you don't want to draft bad athletes, like, in any sport. Like, it's really bad process. But you can draft the average athletes that have other makeup or, like, a characteristic physically or mentally that you really like. Um, The Royals went high athlete, the high-level athlete, and he's one of them. The fastball, I read somewhere that the sustainability of that mid-'90s velo little bit of a question like the velo is fine but then like does it keep the same plane like it flattens out a little bit as he goes longer into games um he's 18 years old wouldn't be too worried about that right now especially considering he's 6'4 210 215 like i don't think that's going to be a problem yeah he, he's going to be a big time arm whether that's a carlos fernandez type big type arm where the fastball does die out in terms of uh break and you're like okay something has to change here or just a big-time prospect arm. And I think the Rockefort pick is also interesting, but this one almost intrigues me more than the Blake Mitchell pick because, like Joel yeah. said, they went from 
a very risky demographic, but a player that was absolutely fantastic to a riskier demographic and a player who was just fun. And like, it's not to say he wasn't, you know, dominant for stretches and stuff, but um, this pick is going to be more indicative, um, especially because it's also banking on that pitching development. I think I saw his fastball as like 2300 RPM as well. That's Mm -hmm. fun. Yeah. Also very fun. Yeah. And yeah, you, it's one of those things like you can't necessarily like teach spin like that. So the fact that he has that and, I mean, this, uh, I've read that the slider goes around the 2,700 RPM, which is mm. above average. Like, that is, that's nice to see. So they they definitely, like, there are traits here that are good. And it sounds like at least the fastball shape is not the most generic thing of all time, which is the very Royals' previous PD. <laughs> so betting on, I think, a, a solid athlete. Like, I again, it's one of those, I like the pick, I like the player. It's just the, the profile and precedent is what's tricky here. Yeah, um, but we'll we'll see. Moving on to Carson Rockefort, an outfielder from Louisiana Lafayette, um, solid athlete. Sounds like he can really go get it in center field. Um, solid hit tool, not a ton of power. Sounds like he had so he had a lot of power as a sophomore, and had like 14, 15 home runs, and then he made the adjustment to his swing to kind of hit more line drives and just get on base a little bit more, and. Took away, zapped some of the power, but he hit for a little higher average, got on base a little more, had a, a solid amount of doubles, so you know at least it's going to be gap-to-gap power. The cop in, on MLB Pipeline is like Andrew Benintendi-ish, mm-hmm. um, but a little bit better athlete than that, I think. He's got a 60-grade runner, and Andrew Benintendi is not as fast as he thought he was. Uh, 45 overall um, at present. I, I appreciate that they're kind of, again, kind of betting on the traits of an athlete and kind of buying the dip a little bit with this. Like, he had, stock was much higher uh, the previous year as because some of the power potential. But I, I think that I like this pick overall. Just the bats of all skills are going to translate, I think, and we'll, we'll see what happens. If he can stick in center field, I think he's a decent prospect. Yeah, for sure. And he, he had 16 home runs and 25 stolen bags in 2022. He was like one of three or four guys that got 15 and 25. Um, I think that was his stat. He struggled in the Cape Cod League. Like you said, he made that adjustment. He had a 964 OPS this year. He just didn't have the power. He had 22 stolen bags. He was still getting on base a ton. The Royals raved about his athletic profile. And they mentioned, in addition to the defense, they view him as a long-term center fielder they notice something that they think they can help him get the most out of that swing and max out his frame and get the power back. So if they can do that and he goes from a smooth hitting, good defender, good base runner, like that's a pretty solid floor to to begin with. But then you add the power on top of that. And even if it's just average, that's plenty enough as opposed to, hey, a little bit anemic in the power department, but he gets on base and can steal some bags. Like this is something that, We've harped time and time again. The Royals love defensive proficiency out of their outfielders, especially in center field. He could possibly give them that. Um, There were a couple guys like Cade Cooler, Paul Wilson, Jack Hurley that I kind of had my eye on at that spot. But if he can add and get that power back, then this has the potential to be a really good pick. Yeah, this seemed like a a safer pick to me. Um, I'm not expecting a lot, but I still think that there's potentially some type of major league production inside of Rockefort. Um, with the first two being so risky, 
he is very safe <laughs> compared to the first two guys. So I, I'm curious to see what he's able to do. But yeah, you guys hit all the all the bullets here on him. Um, I'm curious to see what uh, what he could kind of live up to. They also made the comment to uh, at least his body types like JD Drew and Jim Edmonds as far as like yeah. building ability. So those are pretty interesting comps as well, especially if you're throwing in potentially the offensive upside of Andrew Benatendi in there. So uh, I'm I'm intrigued by him. I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know where he was compared to everybody else, but uh, I'm intrigued by him now. We're going to take our final break, and we're going to highlight a few of the day two and day three picks uh, for the Royals coming up here right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Last little bit here for you guys. Thank you for listening to two episodes of us this week. We are not going to be on next week because we have two episodes. We're going to take our own little all-star break because there will only be like four games for us to talk about at that point. Josh, who was your guy for between rounds three and ten that you really liked? There was like three or four guys that I was pretty intrigued by. I, I had my eye on a few of them, but and maybe the one I picked here is the least sexy of them. But he is an absolute unit of a left-handed pitcher. Jacob Widener from Oral Roberts. He is a reliever which is the first kind of dot to him. You don't really want to come out of the draft thinking you're excited about a reliever. They took him a 259th overall. He is 6'7", 235, and he throws from the side arm slot. That is Groot in the Guardians of the Galaxy throwing a ball at you from the sidearm. That is awesome. I, I cannot wait to see him in the major leagues. He's got a uh, pretty decent... Uh, fastball with a lot of spin on it, but his big pitch is that wipeout slider. So a lot of people, especially in that press, we're talking about comps to Randy Johnson. I don't think he's Randy Johnson, but his limbs are coming at you. He's got a wipeout slider. I don't think the velocity to his fastball is there, but boy, I cannot wait to see him throw baseballs. I am very, very pumped for that. So Jacob Widener is somebody I'm going to keep an eye on, especially, uh, and it's going to be hard to miss him because he's so large. My, uh, my guy's not quite as large as him. It's Hyra Wyatt, the third round pick. Um, 6'1, 190. He's got a really impressive fastball, I think, and the slider is probably just as good. The slider is no, gross. Yeah. The slider is pretty nasty, man. 8 0 with a 051 ERA, 107 strikeouts in 54 innings. He was a Staples High School kid, so he's another prep pitcher, Connecticut Gatorade Player of the Year. This year committed to USC. 
Um, we've seen a couple things, and this might be a moot point by the time you're listening, that the signability might not be 100% there um, with him because of the profile he has. But man, the fastball jumps up to 97 at times. The slider for an 18-year-old is fantastic. Uh, Danny Otaveros really raved about the velo and the athleticism. Again, that's a theme. Really smooth. Um, I've seen people call it like a uh, a whippy delivery almost. Where like it's really he seems. I, you can't say it's a confident delivery because all of them are. But like it just there's something about his delivery. You guys know what I'm talking about. I can't mm-hmm. put it into words that I just really thought it was a fun watch. He's got like. I would say that the comp from like a like what it looks like on the mound is like George Kirby ish, where it's sure. just kind of whippy and kind of funky, a little bit of deception there. Um, that would be that'd be what I would say. My guy is probably my favorite pick of the entire draft. Um, a guy that I would have liked in round two or three, and the Royals were able to get him uh, in the fifth, I believe, fourth round. Uh, he was the 56th ranked prospect on pipeline, and the Royals got the 106. That's Hunter Owen. Left-handed pitcher for Vanderbilt. Dude is 6'6", 261. So he's a unit two from the left mm-hmm. side. And pretty much across the board is like plus to plus plus. It's 55 fastball, 50 curveball, 60 slider, a 50 changeup. Control is solid. So he like he grades out as just like at a minimum like a mid-rotation piece. And for the Royals that need guys like that that you can move kind of quick, that you feel are going to have a good feel to pitch, good stuff and good command of that stuff. So the development side really isn't having to do a ton with them. It's really just minor tweaks other than like some massive projects like we've seen in the past. This is going to be, I think, the pick that we all look back on and go, man, how the heck did the Royals get him in the fourth round? I, I can tell you there's a red flag. He's had to shut it down late in the season both the last yeah. years because of shoulder fatigue. That's... That's a red flag, and I bet that's why it fell quite a bit. But you're right. I mean, that's that's a big get. Yeah. So then my guy for day three, uh, the Royals got this guy in the – hold up here. I lost my tab. They got him in the 13th round out of Xavier, pitcher uh, Ethan Bosacker. He recently actually committed uh, as a, in the transfer portal to Oklahoma State. A guy I was actually pretty excited about. So when I saw his name come across, I didn't know he was draft eligible. But 101 strikeouts and 98 innings for Xavier. Only 29 walks in there, so there's some decent control. And apparently he threw a CG shutty in the NCAA tournament to help Xavier in regionals. So that was a that was a pick again that I, I like. I don't know a ton more about him other than just he's got some high strikeout numbers. Uh, but the control is what I really like to see there. I can't wait to dive into him a little more. What's his name? Bo Sacker. Okay. I'll wait. I just wanted to make sure I got the pronunciation correct. Jordan, what do you got? Um, I've got, I'm just going to get both of mine screwed. I'm just going to power through here. Um, Mason Miller in the 14th round. He's really a classic Royals reclamation project. The difference is he's like a draft pick instead of a 29 year old journeyman pitcher. Um, five six eight ERA, sixteen walks in thirty five innings. Um, earlier, sorry, twenty five innings earlier this year. Thirty five strikeouts though. Um, he had surgery that ended his season. David Lesky tweeted out he was the hundred eighth overall prospect back in twenty twenty when he came out of high school. Six three two zero five. The team. Uh, he went to Florida Gulf Coast University. Team play by play broadcaster John 
Vitas or Vitas um, tweeted out, despite his ERA, many scouts believe he's got a shot to be a quality bro. Um, it seems like they, he hasn't lost a ton of that luster as a prospect. And then later on in the 17th round, on a much smaller scale, kind of a journeyman type guy that played a bunch of different spots, Connor Oliver, um, 6'2", 170-pound lefty. Now, the, the flip side here is, back in 2021, Prospects Live published an article. He weighed 185 in that one. So I think he weighs a little bit more than the team listed him. Um, at Miami of Ohio, 102 strikeouts, 46 walks in 78 innings, 3890 array. The fastball's been reported a couple different spots. High 80s, low 90s. Some places have it 90 to 93 with the top at 94. So I'm just intrigued to see like how much does he actually weigh? How big is he actually? You know, how how high does a fastball go? Like that is a man of mystery type pick mm-hmm. um, with a slider and change up really impressive curveball, and then obviously the fastball too uh i'm gonna go with uh jared dickey um royals got him mm-hmm. in let's see 11th 11th round yeah um i had him the composite aggregate board uh i believe is 101st overall so that's pretty good value especially if you think you can sign him but a lot to like about him as well left-handed outfielder uh, big power potential. I mean, he's already got power to go, and a lot of scouts believe that they could unlock potentially more power. Um, they think that, you know, he's been playing some catcher. He's probably more suited for a corner outfield spot, but uh, that's where the power is really going to play up is, is out there. The uh, profile is your normal corner outfielder, but uh, something interesting about him, uh, as a Texas high school junior, this is from the pipeline right up as well, Dickey became depressed as a high school junior and let his weight to get to 265, and then lost 60 pounds when he got to college to uh, to kind of start ramping it up. So he was catching. He's behind, behind the plate for the volunteers. Uh, he's played a lot of outfield as well, but uh, I like his potential a lot, uh, especially where they got him. I feel like that's somebody that they could uh, really start to justify some of those potential underslottings to the front of the draft. If you go get a guy like Dickey in the 10th round, Able to able to sell him on joining the organization for a little bit more cash instead of going back and re-entering. Uh, I think that's a W. So I was pretty excited to get Jared Dickey there in the fifth round. That's going to do it for this episode of One Royal Way. Thank y'all so much. Uh, be sure to leave a comment, like, and subscribe. Let us know who your favorite pick in the 2023 draft was, and who look forward to seeing in Kansas City someday. Take care. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.